So welcome to Beyond Barriers, and uh, I'm Jeff Scoop with Jen Kreiss, and today our special guest is Grumpy Old Dude. Ed, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me. This is a follow-up. Uh, we were. Uh, I, I want to thank you for having me on your program, and uh, today, you know, we're you know the conversation was so good. We want to have you on our program as well, and and uh, ask you some questions, pick your brain a little bit, and. Uh, and uh you know go from there so if you could uh tell us a little bit about your history um from uh, your origins like where you came from as far as being involved in extremism and a little bit about also about what you're doing now so just to let everybody know my real name is ed schofield um i am one of the original members of state prison skinheads in new jersey I am also a former member of the World Church of the Creator under PM Matthew Hale. I was a skinhead for 20 years and a member of Creativity for uh, a little over eight years. Um, about nine years ago, a, over, a little over nine years ago, I decided that I was done with the entire movement. Um, done with the religion, done with the hate, and I stepped away. Uh, last year, my wife and I were talking, and she decided that I needed to become more of an activist, so I have then started my YouTube channel, Grumpy Old Dude, and I focus mainly on hate groups, and not just supremacist groups, but hateful religious groups like the NIFB, um, you know, things like that, and I'm just trying to hopefully make a better world for everybody. Well, we're really honored to have you on the program. And I, and I know, <clears throat> you know, how difficult, we both know how difficult it, it is to, you know, break free of hate and, and uh, extremism and to, to move forward with, uh, you know, everything. And, and, you know, so, you know, we really uh, think the world of you for uh, having the courage to walk away and, and uh, joining us here today and, and uh, all the work that we do, you know, I know, uh, it's it's a tough road and and we're glad to have you uh, jen do you have any uh, questions uh, for ed as well how uh hi ed <laughs> by the way um i'm interested to know if you feel lighter do you feel lighter without that in you like it's almost for me it was almost like a physical feeling um like bricks were lifted off of me do you feel oh. the same yeah, most definitely. Um, when when I first got away from the the church from creativity, it was it was almost as bad as my deconversion from Catholicism. You know, I was I was giving up a piece of me, like a, a literal physical piece of me was leaving, and it, it was confusing for a while. You know, I. I I kind of felt a little bit lost. And then when I fully stepped away from the movement and decided I was no longer going to be a white supremacist, I was going to accept human beings as human beings. It just opened up so many doors for me. And I, I just felt this sense of relief. Like I'm, I'm finally who I'm supposed to be. Right, I, I'm exactly. not this crazed mindset, want to smash everything warrior. And right. now, don't get me wrong, I, I'm an old dude. You know, <laughs> the sign don't lie. I'm pushing 50. 
I'm, I'm pushing 50, but I still got some fight in me. But my fight, <clears throat> excuse me, my fight now is to, like I said, make a better world, you know, make, make a positive change instead of getting people in that mindset where it's us first them. You know, I, I want people to say it's all of us together trying to make a difference. Right, exactly. That's excellent. What about uh, another question I had for you was you, you became involved because of um, when you were in prison, right? In jail? Yeah. Is that yeah. that's what started? I was, yeah, I was arrested when I was 19 years old. I was... Um, I was an amateur MMA fighter. I had, uh, I just won a fight in Atlantic city and we were on the way to my after fight party. And I ran into a guy, um, not going to say where or names or anything to protect the victim's mm -hmm. family. Um, he pulled the knife on me and I used my, my fighting skill set to defend myself. And unfortunately mm -hmm. he lost his life. And I was convicted of first degree involuntary homicide. My original sentence was for 30 years. And they sent me to Trenton State Prison to start. And that's where I met members of uh, World Church of Creator and started getting into that religion. And that's also where I got into state prison skinheads, which is a prison gang. Mm -hmm. Um. It, it wasn't too much uh, past my release date from prison that I completely stepped away from the movement. Um, I was convicted in 1992, and I was released in 2004. And by 2005, I had just had enough. I, I just I couldn't do it anymore, and I stepped away. But I did still retain some of that ideology just as an independent person, not belonging to any group or anything. Um, 2012, I completely stepped away. I retired my gang patch. I cut off all ties with everybody in the movement for quite a while until I started reaching out to them to try and, you know, de-radicalize them and get them to follow me out of the movement, mm -hmm. which sometimes it works. Most of the time they, you know, kind of throw ad hominems at me and tell me they're not <laughs> interested, but you got to try. <laughs> so when you were in jail, when you were in prison, did you feel like, I've always wondered this, because this is what I've heard on documentaries and, and, and things like that, um, but I've never ever had the chance, you know, the opportunity to ask someone in that position. Did you feel like you had to join um, a group of your own race for protection? Is that something that you uh, um, didn't really have much of a choice? Because that's what I've heard, but. Uh, some people, you know, they, that's kind of why they do it. Um, as for myself, I didn't feel that, you know, um, I, I have a very, very significant background in martial arts. I have a black belt in Aikido, a black belt in Taekwondo, and a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu from Enzo Gracie. Wow. There's not very many people who can take me on and win. So right. um, my whole thing behind it was strictly the racism coming from people of color, members of the 5% nation, 
members from Nation of Islam. And yes, in New Jersey, we do have black Hebrew Israelites. So running into those groups in prison and being called a white devil and everything else and them telling me that, you know, all crackers need to die, that kind of pushed me to gravitate towards, you know, the skinheads and church of creator. I was, you know, I was in that mindset like, well, if you can't beat them, join them. And right. now that I've, I've aged and I've matured and I've actually educated myself in some real science and history, I've decided that I can beat them. I can beat them with knowledge. So now I'm fighting back against all of those groups. It's really, so, really uh, interesting. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jen. No, I was going to ask you, Jeff, doesn't that sound familiar about what is it, what we've been talking about? That's exactly what we're worried about happening right now currently. It yeah. is. And I, I'm really, it was a good question. And I'm, I'm really, uh, I'm, I'm interested in it. The response was really good too. So I mean, this mm -hmm. is a really good, really good dialogue we're having here. And um, I, I think it's interesting that you, you mentioned that, Ed, because there is some discussion now um, in the public, and I read Twitter way too much, unfortunately. Um, but um, there is a lot of discussion now, and there's people that are basically saying, uh, let's be careful how I even uh, word this, but a lot of people are saying that only white people can be racist, and uh, that only, and, and I believe that's inherently incorrect, and I think it's racist to say that personally, and, and uh, um, I don't care what flack I get for it. It's the truth. Sometimes the truth needs to be told, even if it's an uncomfortable truth. Um, I've never, uh, I've never been one to to bow down uh, in the past, and I don't do it now either. But um, I, I think it's very important to be transparent. It's very important to tell the truth, and um, I, I think <clears throat> racism can go all different ways. Um, you know, being uh, the three of us having been part of the movement we perpetuated racism in, um, in our lives and we're all fighting against that now, which is, uh, which is incredibly important as well. And, and it's, uh, you know, uh, the other races have suffered greatly in this country and, and uh, we acknowledge that and, and we hope, we want to uplift all people. But I think it's, it's important, like what you pointed out, that it was racism that you experienced against yourself that uh, that drove you into the movement. If, if I'm incorrect or if I misunderstood that, uh, you know, please explain it a little further. But that was really interesting to hear from. No, yeah, you're you're exactly right. You know, it was racism, you know, against me that drove me into that movement. But <clears throat> one thing I do want to clarify <clears throat> is that a lot of racist groups, and I. I don't know the, the numbers on it. You know, I, I'm sorry. I should have did my homework a little better, but um, almost every hate group that I've covered so far has some kind of background in a religion. And I think it's, it's this religious ideology that they twist to their own narrative saying, we are the chosen people and therefore we can dominate others and that needs to stop. You know, that that's one of the key things that's so hard to get people away from religious indoctrination is Powerful. a horrendous thing. And I tell people all the time and I battle back and forth with theists, um, not just Christians, but 
Muslims and Jews too, that every religion that I have ever looked at in some way has been harmful and dangerous, especially when it creates a hate group. Well, and, and, and I'm going to go to Jen with a question here in, in just a second, but um, it's a good thing to point out um, that religion can be incredibly polarizing, but for some people, it can also be incredibly helpful, like religion helps. Yeah. Some people, uh, you know, be better people, and it and it, uh, it, it it's a it's a two-edged sword. It can be very bad for some people because it can be used to hate or oppress other people, and we've seen that throughout uh, history and, and time, where from the Crusades to the uh, pagans fighting the Christians to the Muslims and the Christians fighting and and the Jews fighting and with the uh, different. Uh, religions and, and so on and so forth. And um, like Jen's background, um, you know, her father uh, was involved in uh, Aryan nations and the Christian and was a Christian identity minister, if, I, if I'm correct. And, and could you uh, tell us just a little bit about that uh, background and how polarizing religion can be in, in that sense, Jen? Yeah, in my case, uh, it was extremely um, polarizing. And as you said, he was the uh, Christian identity minister, uh, became one of the most well-known ones in uh, the Christian identity sect or movement. And when I think back, it was extremely hateful. Um, I'm not a fan personally of organized religion. And when I look at it, uh, I think that it's more uh, spirituality that helps people. It's more of that than the actual uh, certain laws and rules when it comes, you know, when it comes to religion. For us, for Christian identity, it was the hate came in where uh, they would twist it and, and sometimes slip things in that what weren't even really in there uh, against the Jews. And you were involved in that for a brief time, correct? Yeah, I, w I was involved too a little a little while um, for a few a couple years in the Christian identity as well. Um, so I, I do have a pretty good understanding of it. And uh, what's interesting, and I I don't remember if Ed and I talked about it on the show or yes the other day or not, but um, or what conversation it was. But you know, in Christian identity, like the belief is that the white people are the chosen of God, and the other races are of uh are of the devil uh they believe that the jews are of the devil and uh, the other uh blacks were the beasts of the field and all these uh, biblical references and the interesting mm -hmm. thing about the bible and i'm not bashing the bible i i have a lot of good really close friends that are christians and i i do a lot of work with the christian community as well so um, i'm not uh definitely not uh uh lambasting anybody there but um as ed mentioned like the Hebrew Israelites was, uh, that's a black organization that yeah. to me, I, I met the Hebrew Israelites, met some of those guys back in the nineties, originally in the early nineties, mm -hmm. when I first got involved in the movement. And the best way I could explain that religion is it's the black people's version of Christian identity. It's almost right. identical, except they have yeah. different <laughs> readings of the verses. And that's the interesting thing about the Bible. Um, it is a book of history. It's also a book of, uh, you know, parables and things like that. And, because the the way it's written in the parables, everyone has different interpretations. That's why Catholics, Lutherans, all these different Baptists and different uh, 
outlooks on that and people interpret those things their own way and then sometimes things get lost in the translations and and uh it, it complicates things so literally a person can take the take a book that was meant to, for positive purposes and they can twist it into their own ideology white supremacy black supremacy uh, um, or or many other things other strange cults and and sects of of the religion so religion can certainly be a divisive polarizing thing um for a lot of people if it's if it's misused yeah. in that in that manner yeah and, and that's why i brought up the point that these these leaders of these so-called religions twist that doctrine to fit their own narrative you know and that's something that we we need to try and steer people away from and I, i've told plenty of of theists um like i said of all different religions like listen you can hold on to that religion if if you need that to get through your life that's fine but where in that religion does it say you can kill off anybody of a different race you know if that's what your religion is it's a hate group because you say your religion is a religion of peace and love, you need to project that. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I think it's incredibly important. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that would not, that don't wanna hear these discussions and, and uh, yeah. this program as for anyone that's, that's watched it knows that uh, Jen and I uh, tackle some pretty controversial subjects sometimes and some subjects that'll give us a little bit of heat and we get our share of threats and we also get a, a, our share, a lot of, a lot of good compliments and, and uh, ideas and the flow of uh, dialogue and ideas here. That's what this program is all about. And, and um, um, you know, I want to say like, this isn't an interview. We want this to be like a conversation and, 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 uh, uh, and a free flow of ideas. And that's not just for Ed, Jen, and I, but for anybody that joins the program or, or that sends us ideas on topics and, and things like that, we really um, enjoy the open dialogue because it helps us learn. We're, we're all still learning. None of us um, believe that we have all the answers, that we know everything because we certainly don't. We're learning and we're, we're trying to, the whole idea of the program is to try to reach others and, and uh, learn and learn from them. So can, can I ask you a question that, that might kind of hit you in the feels a little bit? Sure. For Jen or for myself? For, for you. Um, after our, our little discussion last night, how do you view that slogan of all lives matter? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Nothing like stirring up the controversy again here. <laughs> This, this is a subject that, um, and it's probably, it's a, I'm kind of glad you asked that, Ed, because I, there, there was, um, there was a, a viewer of the program on your channel that had said that uh, they didn't, they didn't uh, like the answer um, or something, uh, something to that effect about that, about that statement, because, um, yeah. and I, I've seen a lot of that. And actually I was, um, after we had that uh, excellent discussion yesterday, I was looking into that uh, concept a little more and, and seeing where other people stood on it and different things like that. And a lot of it, I think, has to do with the way people mis misunderstand things. Like um, the All Lives Matter thing is 
considered by a lot of people racist. And, and I was having this discussion with my assistant uh, yesterday as well. Uh, the white lives matter thing a few years ago when that, uh, a number of years ago when that came out and we saw it was mostly, I was in the movement at the time and I know our organization, the organization I was a part of at the time, pushed the white lives matter uh, narrative and so did, so did a lot of other groups. So a lot of people that are involved in white lives matter is people that are involved in the movement. But the slogan in it in and it of itself is not racist, in my opinion. I don't think that's racist. Now, are white nationalists and racist groups pushing that narrative? Absolutely. But saying it is not racist. And, and why I say that is because um, if that's, what that does is it, is it, I believe that it causes more polarization because you're taking for, I understand the concept, Black Lives Matter, absolutely. And, I, and I'm in support of that. Now, there's different nuances of the Black Lives Matter movement that I do disagree with, like, um, that, and now we're going to even get more controversial, but I saw some of the tenets from the movement where they were saying that they are a Marxist movement and they uh, follow some tenets of Marxism. And I absolutely disagree with Marxism on any level, uh, any way, shape or form. But like the conversation that you and I had uh, last night, could you, just for the, the viewing audience, could you, could you say that again? Because for me, it helped me to see and understand a little bit better where some of uh, people on that side uh, are coming from. And I, it was a really good analogy. I really think that the viewers should hear it and understand it. Okay, so um, everyone you know, is, is pushing the whole Black Lives Matter, BLM. And the reason they're doing that, as opposed to All Lives Matter, can be simplified like this. If I say, hey, my house is on fire. Can you guys come help me? And you respond to me, well, Ed, all houses matter. That kind of, you know, puts me on the spot that I'm just defending myself with no backup. So, you know, as Jeff said, all lives do matter. But at this point in America's history, black lives are in bigger jeopardy than everyone else right now. Now, as far as the whole Marxist thing, I know personally, I know people that do not agree with that. You know, that, that they do not want to be in the far left Marxist, Antifa, communist, you know, group. They're simply asking for the same treatment as everyone else, which they, they deserve. They're Americans just like everybody else. So they deserve to be treated like Americans and not second-class citizens. Um, but again, that's the analogy. If your house is on fire and everyone says, well, all houses matter, what are you going to do? No, it's a, it's a no. great, it's a great analogy. And, and for me, it yeah. was a, a little bit of a, like a light bulb, um, to understanding, uh, that, that I saw it when it went off too. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was, that was really good. That was really good. But, um, the other, the other side, 
you know, because I often talk about being fair and trying to understand all sides of things. And this yeah. is where, where my uh, thinking pattern can get controversial for some people because they're not, I think they're sometimes not listening or they're not wanting to hear, wanting to hear this, but come, because I spent so long involved in the white nationalist movement and I understand where, how they think and how I thought at the time as well, which I don't feel that way anymore, but because I understand that, that thinking, and I'm sure you guys get it too, a hundred percent, but uh, what I'm, what I'm, in the process of trying to be fair and everything, and I don't disagree with anything that you said, and I do believe uh, I'm 100% that everyone in this country, I don't care if you're black, brown, or, or anything in between, that we all should be on an equal footing. And, uh, and uh, one of the, another controversial thing that came up in this, uh, I guess where I was going with that is I'm saying that a lot of people that are not black, they're they're looking at it like well how come my life doesn't matter even though right. i do understand both sides they're seeing it as why should and it's maybe not even a correct analogy uh, but this is how they feel i'm saying this is how other people feel when they hear that they're like well why are just black people important but my people aren't and i've, I've heard this even from the i, I have a, a couple of friends that are in the the uh uh, trans uh, that are trans uh, yeah. individuals and um, they're saying like the number of murders and attacks on trans people are even greater than the per capita even greater than the attacks on black people so their argument is how come you know we're being victimized you know the trans people are saying they're being victimized even more so than the black community, so why isn't there this big movement for them? So all of a sudden now you're having, and that's just one, that's just one group of people. There's Hispanics that'll say the same thing, like, hey, you know, we're we're being killed on a, a massive scale in this country too. And what I'm seeing, looking at that from the big picture, and this is this is where I'm seeing it. I'm not looking at it from a like, oh, I have to defend white people. I did that for 27 years. I'm not, I'm yeah. not doing that anymore. But I'm looking at it from the big picture where people are feeling left out uh, and whether that's real or imagined, that's how their minds work. They're feeling left out, like they're uh, meaning less. And what I'm seeing, and you know, I, I'd like your guys' thoughts on this too, because I'm kind of over talking now, but what I'm seeing is I feel like some of the environment that's going on now is cre actually creating more racism because, it's because we're pointing out race so much and we're saying, this is happening to this group of people is actually polarizing um, incredibly large segments of the population in the United States because we are this melting pot and we have all these different races. And I feel like it's actually making uh, racial matters worse. And we're seeing extremists kind of latch on to what were really good causes for righteous causes. And they're, they're twisting them to fit their narratives. You know, if you could uh, both, uh, Jen, I'll let, uh, maybe go first on that. I agree. I think that um, just to continue to point out race constantly, that's going to keep that division there. That's you know, The whole thing is, is quite frustrating for me, to be honest with you, because uh, I, I see exactly what's going on. 
and people who are stuck in this, as you call it, you know, an echo chamber on the right, it's now it's, that's what's going on with the left. And they're, they don't, I, you know what it is? I think it's a lot of cognitive dissonance. That's what it comes down to. They do not want to hear uh, any other uh, explanations of anything. This is the way it is. And they're just completely like in this trance. And uh, until that can be broken, I'm not sure how it's going to stop. You just keep picking out, you know, colors constantly. And uh, it's just going to go on and on and on. I really don't know how to get through to people completely. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I have quite a few trans friends um, and LGBTQ friends in the, the circle I'm involved with on YouTube. And they, they are being, you know, greatly oppressed. Um, you know, the Supreme court just, passed some laws that set them back by decades. And as far as Hispanics and Latinos in this country, yeah, they are, you know, in just as much danger as, you know, black people in this country. Um, I think what it comes down to is Hispanics and Latinos weren't necessarily a part of slavery. And that's kind of why I think they didn't get, you know, included in this movement. And as far as LGBTQ, that I think BLM, you know, organizers viewed that as its own separate entity. I don't necessarily know if, you know, I, I agree with their um, ideology behind that, I guess, like, I, I think they should have included, um, all minorities. You know, I, I think that would actually be a better name for this movement is minority lives matter. You know, um, I don't know if anybody's going to give me any heat for that. I really don't care, but I think as a whole, minority lives should be their movement you know not just you know black lives it should be all minorities you know together to fight against the systemic racism and oppression that we have in this country um and i honestly believe that until we change our politics politics in this country and get rid of outdated things like the electoral college and this two-party system and start electing more minorities, we're not really ever going to see any true equality in this country. We need to, to take, take the power away from the rich ruling class, like when this country first started, because nobody that was in our government back then was really part of the elite class. I mean, some of them were, but for the majority, they weren't. They weren't even considered you know, British citizens, and they fought for this country to be free. And in my honest opinion, I think we need to have more, you know, people that aren't uber rich, 
and that do come from a minority background so they can present those ideas and say, hey, this is how we'd like to be treated. This is what you can do to help us. And this is what you can do to stop oppressing us. And I think that's the only way this country is ever going to evolve out of this state of madness. And I have a question for you too um, on that. And um, I'm gonna play devil's advocate a little bit, but um, I also, so for example, the area I live in here in Detroit, the whites are the minority here in this city uh, quite substantially. Um, and if we're looking at racial demographics, and I haven't checked this for a while because I'm out of the movement, but um, the racial demographics in the country were leaning towards, um, in our lifetimes anyways, in the near future, that whites would be a minority or close to a minority in the country. And in a lot of parts of the country, they are the minority. So. Um, I feel like, uh, again, like I said, I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate here, but when, again, if we were to say minority lives matter, um, I, we're, we're still going to have people from the white community, and I don't, I'm not operating as a spokesperson for the white community here, I'm being very careful in how I say this, but there's people in the white community that will feel that's polarized. There's people in the white community that will say, hey, we never had privilege. The people in Appalachia that are growing up dirt poor and some of them have dirt floors, you know, in their homes or, or uh, don't have cable TV and all that kind of stuff. And, and they've literally lived off the land. Uh, yeah. they, they would, you know, and I'm just being, I'm being the counter argument here, you know, that it, it still leaves, it leaves somebody out of, the, out of the equation. And I'd be saying that it, whether I was white, black, brown, Asian, et cetera, I'm, I'm I try not to see, we all see colors, but I try not to judge people based on their, based on their race, their religion, or any of that, but based on their character. And, and uh, um, I feel like if someone's left out of this equation, you know, or feels left out of the equation, um, that in itself can cause polarization. And uh, what do you guys think on that? Well, let, let me see if I can simplify a little bit what I was trying to say. Um, when I say minority lives, I don't just mean people from certain walks of life or certain races or genders or anything like that. When I say minority lives, I mean the actual majority, if you think about it. But the majority of our political system is made up of people that come from money. It, and nobody can deny that. If you don't have money backing you, you're not getting into politics. You're not going to get elected. So, uh, I, know what, I know where you're going with this. Are you talking about the establishment? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I'm not saying that we need to be a communist country and overthrow the government. We need to legally start promoting people that come from middle and low class areas and backgrounds and people of different genders and more people of, you know, black and Hispanic and native American cultures. And we need to elect them to federal positions so they can oversee everybody. And, and when somebody puts out an idea that is going to cause harm to others, everybody else can step in and say, Hey, wait a minute, that's going to hurt my people and our movement. You can't do that. 
You know, I think that's the only way we are ever going to truly have a fair government is if we have people from every class system and every walk of life in our federal government. And so what you're, what you're talking about, if, and correct me if I'm wrong, but this is more of a, and, and I would 100% agree on, on, this, on this point, this is a class struggle. And, and this is the yeah. thing that um, I felt like even when, at the time when I was in the movement, that in the sense of being brainwashed, you know, like we didn't, we, we placed the blame when we were in the movement and said, well, it's all the Jews, it's all the yeah. blacks, it's all these different people. But really, it's like we missed the boat completely and we were, see, we're focusing yeah. on all these racial issues when really it was a class struggle. You have the haves and the have-nots. You have the rich yeah. that are controlling the narrative that have kept the, the average person of all races, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not even going, you know, saying we should have to have uh, the different, specific different races in these positions, but that all people have this opportunity, whether you're a poor white person, a poor black person, a poor native, uh, poor Asian, middle class, everyone should have this, this ability to, to make a difference. And they'll, the, the counter argument will be, oh, well, we can all do that. We can all run for office, yeah. you know, Jeff, we can all do that because that's America, but it's not realistic. We don't have, the average person doesn't have this huge amount of money that it costs to uh, promote and, and do all these uh, uh, different things. So I really think um, that it's, it's more of a class struggle than a racial struggle. I, th I believe that they want us uh, and this is again controversial, but I believe that the elites, you know, the people that are controlling the money, that are controlling the system, they want all of the races to be pitted at each other in, in some manner because it holds, it, it, it keeps, it keeps the um, the the people in place. It keeps them uh, complacent. It keeps them fighting with each other instead of bumping heads, white and black, and all the other races fighting with each other and arguing over genders and religions and all this sort of thing. That's like, this is like what keeps the world going around and round and round. We're all pitted against each other when really it's, it's someone up at the top, not someone, what? but the elites pulling the, the strings everybody else. It's the establishment wanting to keep us divided. Because could you imagine exactly a, a country or even a world that, uh, humans came together as one to fight the beast system yeah they, they, they wouldn't be able to control us anymore so they what? don't want that to happen period what you're talking about is something that i learned in my very f short time in military school but also being an army brat is the military tactic of divide and conquer yep yep exactly and that's simply what it is. As long as it they is. keep us divided. So don't see that. And that's yeah. what frustrates me the most. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard to convey that, you know, and and I get it. You know, I grew up poor myself. I mean, you know, my dad was in the in the military for 27 years. We didn't have crap because the military doesn't pay. I'm gonna tell you right now. Yeah. <laughs> but I get it from people coming from, you know these areas like especially where Jeff's at Detroit you know for a long time Detroit was turning into a ghost town you know and you know when you grow up like that and you're like there's no way out you know I have no money to get out of here I have no voice so now 
they have these different groups banding together to create a voice, but they're all talking over one another. And we have to try, yeah, we have to try and figure out some way to get everybody to come together and speak as one whole, like Jen said. Absolutely. We could be, we'd be able to move mountains. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I do think that's, that's a big, a big part of the, the struggle here. And I think, and I think most people, if they, if they hear it and they think about it and look at it from this rational uh, viewpoint that we're talking about, then they go, hmm, really it's not about race. It wasn't the Jews, it wasn't the blacks, it wasn't the whites, it wasn't the Asians, it wasn't the Indians, but these, were, these are, are things that affect all of us. And I know it's a, a happy way to look at the world and um, it sure feels a lot better uh, tackling these issues being out of the movement than, than in them, than in it. But um, it's, it's the truth. And if we can all come together as one, as one people, as humans, you know, I've, I've often thought about like the simplistic uh, thing, like from the movies, you know, where it, like Independence Day, um, where the aliens are, are attacking and the whole world comes together. Oh my gosh, we've got to defend the earth and 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 fight back against these alien invaders coming from outer space you know and it's a kind of a silly concept i mean hey a wise man considers the possibility anything but that would be a whole nother show to talk about if there's life <laughs> on other planets so we'll stay away from that one on this episode but uh, <laughs> really though like the whole concept like that's something that can unite the world and we do have you know that's yeah. maybe it could happen it could not but we have real issues that as humanity as a whole, just race, religion, all that doesn't matter. Let's for a moment, let's pretend none of that matters. Yeah. And, and say, as protecting the earth, you know, green policies, things, you know, our natural resources are being depleted. There's things that are being put in our foods, chemicals in our foods that are causing people to have um, all kinds of health problems and issues like that. And, and unless you have a lot of money and can afford to, eat the all organic diet which most of us can't um you know you're getting literally poisoned in some ways these are things that affect all of humanity we have people in this world that are still starving in different parts of the um different parts of the globe we have real issues about our resources being depleted about the the um ice melting and causing higher water levels we've got countries that are st that are literally disappearing under water um like in the in uh, i want to say it's the maldives uh, somewhere there and uh yeah uh, you know places like that because of the whole climate is changing these are things like all of humanity should be working on but we're sitting here fighting with each other over this person's racist or that's racist or i don't like this uh you know this thing or that and and i'm and by all means, when I say that, I'm not trying to diminish uh, the cause of, of the movement. And I certainly am not diminishing what, you know, kicked off this, this latest uh, uh, series of like what happened to George Floyd was hideous. It was disgusting. And the law needs to come down on the people that were involved in that and, uh, and Breonna Taylor's uh, death and so on and so forth. We could go on and on and on. Yeah. And uh, you know, we do want justice for those people, but I'm saying there's, there's other things that we as humanity, as human beings, uh, despite race, religion and all that, that we should be tackling. And it's, it's dialogue like this where some of these ideas can get out and maybe, you know, hopefully these discussions 
uh, we we're all learning from each other, but hopefully our viewing audience also takes something away from this and goes, you know what? That's right. We shouldn't be focused on hating our neighbors or fighting people because they have a different religion or a different race. Like this is, these are serious issues that need to be tackled in our lifetimes or our children and our children's children aren't going to have a future like we have now. I mean, it's, there's, there's a lot of issues that really need to be tackled. Yeah. Um, one thing that I've spoken about with some of the other people um, on YouTube that I associate with is a lot of people kind of feel that everyone in this country, every American citizen should have the same rights that George Washington had. And I thought about that for a moment and I was like, wow, you know, that would be absolutely amazing if we got rid of, you know, two thirds of the laws that we've passed since the time of George Washington and said, okay, here's the original laws and everybody gets them. And if somebody violates them, they go to jail. And I was like, you know what? That would be amazing. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what we have to do to get our government to understand that, especially with, and I don't care who's against it. I cannot stand our president. Every time he opens his mouth, I smack myself in the head. Um, you know, but if we can get enough people in Congress and in, in the White House and everything else to understand, we're tired. You know, you, you have a choice here. You can either make this right or we're going to get rid of every one of you. And I keep pushing for everybody. If you're going to vote, vote independent across the board. Send a message. We're voting for the little guy. Get out. We're done. Jen, your thoughts? Why do you got to do that to me, Jeff? <laughs> <laughs> I guess conversation. Not I'm not doing anything. I'm just talking. I just thought you were quiet for a few minutes. We should bring you in. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. I, I don't really want to get off on the Trump thing. <laughs> oh, well, you don't have to comment on that. I mean, you, if you have other questions, uh, you know, I mean, I think it was a statement uh, uh, that he was yeah. making anyways. It wasn't really a question. So. I mean, I can't stand him either. I just didn't <laughs> go off there. Right. Um, I try to be careful with it too, because um, we are trying to reach across the aisles, even in the political spectrum with the Democrats and the Republicans. And, I, and I've been doing interviews and different things uh, over the past couple of weeks. And, and I feel like some of the interviewers are trying to bait me a little bit by saying, you know, like, well, Trump is responsible for this. The Republicans are responsible for that and placing blame and, and, those all three of us had spent a lot of time involved in uh, uh, in the white nationalist movement and a lot of finger pointing and, and uh, accusing and, and things like that. Wow. So I try to so hard to even though there's things as well that I think that the president says that I don't agree with, but I try really hard not to uh, put 
everyone in a box or say, well, it's all his fault or it's all the Republicans' fault or it's all the Democrats' fault. Right. Um, Same here, yeah. And that just goes back to that whole being trying to be fair and-, and uh, Well, I'm gonna be fair and I'm going, going to blame both Democrats and Republicans. Exactly. That's fair enough, yeah. <laughs> That's fair. I want, the, right? I want the liberals to remember something. Donald Trump was a registered Democrat until he decided to run for president. And now he's a Republican. So it, it is a two-headed snake as far as I'm concerned. Yep. yep. And that's why I'm, I'm, I put that out there that I'd like to see everybody vote independent across the board, state elections and federal elections, vote independent and send a message. We're putting in the little guys because you couldn't handle it and we're done. We do see yeah, like this a political issue. It's what's what what's going on when you dig deep and get down to the to the root of the matter. It's all political. It's, yeah, it's all political. And it's and it's very. I'm sorry. Very but... evil. <laughs> I don't. I don't think I should keep going. I no, please go. No, keep going. I'm... No. Jump. <laughs> 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 What, what uh, and it's, you know, we say we're, we're trying to avoid the politics and stuff like that, but sometimes you can't. And, and uh, yeah. you know, I, I do think it, it is, both parties are to blame. Um, and so they're certainly both not innocent and they're certainly both not fully guilty either. But um, I think it's, it's a, definitely a very interesting conversation. And we do have a lot of, uh, uh, you know, we're seeing in this country right now, like a complete lack of leadership, I think across the boards. And yeah. um, I feel like, I, you know, you know, maybe some people don't want to hear me saying that, but I feel like as you know, leading the National Socialist Movement for 25 years, I know a couple things about leadership. I know how to build an organization. I, I built an organization that was small when I joined up into the largest of its largest group of its kind in the country. So I know a few things about leadership and I know what I see right now um, going on in society is lacking leadership on all sides. Like no one is taking responsibility for uh, the chaos that's going on in the country right now. And, and you know, one side's making excuses for it and uh, the other side is, is uh, you know, doing the same thing, you know, uh, as part of their own narratives. And I think we are seeing right now is a really interesting time in our, in our lifetimes and, and in United States history where so many interesting or distressing things, stressful things are happening in the country right now like we haven't seen in our lifetimes. So um, and I do think there's a lack of leadership right now and, and uh, we need different people in office. Uh, I'm not pointing fingers at any specific people, but just to, I always say not to use a broad brush, but in this case, I feel like it's a broad <laughs> brush that there's so few, there's so little leadership and we really need some in this country. It blows my mind what's been going on even <laughs> since the since this the COVID hit. It's I, I it just I can't believe what what I see. It's not nothing makes sense at all with any of it. Well, and, and then Jen, start fighting over that the whole mask or no mask and and this and that and it's like, what about freedom? Just I ha personally I have to wear a mask when I go out. I have medical conditions that if I catch something like that, 
um, or, you know, or anything else super bad, uh, it could kill me. So I'm going to protect myself. And as soon as that, I know I'm going off on a tangent here now, you know, talking about COVID, but it's just kind of the mentality that certain people are, um, attack. You, you don't know someone's story. If you see them out and they have a mask on, you have no idea. And, uh, they're just, these people can, are coming at others that choose to wear a mask with such hate calling them names. I was called, I've been called a snowflake for the first time in my entire life since that all this all started. And that just comes right back down to, um, no one has any respect for anyone else, just kindness and compassion and love anymore. Everyone's judging everybody. Well, I'm, I'm glad Jen brought up the whole COVID subject. Um, just to let any, anybody out there know that thinks this is a hoax. I had COVID. It is not nice. You do not want to get it. So you can either wear a mask or you can take your chances because I guarantee you when you get it, it if you don't die from it, you're going to wish you were. It's, it's bad. Trust That's me. A lot of people say that, that have had it. Yeah. It, and it you don't ever horrendous. know. I mean, yeah, some people may get it and be okay. You know, they don't, you know, they have a better immune system or whatever, but you know, I don't know. There's just, just the judgment going around is ridiculous. Well, as far as like messaging and, and what we can do as, as formers, <clears throat> I think, um, you know, uh, coming, coming away from the interview and as we're, as we're getting uh, close to the end of our program here uh, right now, um, messaging going forward, um, what can what how can we all give back i feel like part of part of giving back and and i feel like because us three specifically and and so many others that were part of the movement like we have a responsibility and that's that's what i know that's what fuels me and i'm i'm pretty sure it's what fuels you guys as well that um you know we're trying to make a difference <clears throat> we want to um, improve this country. We don't want the races pitted at each other because, you know, we were all engaged in that ourselves. And, and uh, we learned from, you know, age, wisdom, experience, time, and all these sort of things that it's unhealthy. It's not good. It's, it's, uh, it's not good for your health. It's not good for your mental health, your physical health. Uh, to be involved in uh, in these type of uh, polarizing subjects or involved in extremism of any kind, and um, you know pushing forward, I, I want to say you know for me it's a real honor to know both of you and all of the others that are you know out here trying to make a difference and that are not race baiting or not on the extreme fringes of the movement on the far left or the far right. Um, or involved in religious extremism. And for those people that are there, we're not turning our backs on you either. We understand it. We were extremists ourselves before, and we want, we want to help, and we want you to know that there's options. There's, there's uh, people like you that you can talk to. Um, reach out to us at Beyond Barriers. Um, on, you know, get, get a hold of us uh, through our websites, and, and um, you know, both of you, if, if you want to... Uh, promote your individual channels, uh, please do so. But, um, you know, we're here for you. All of us uh, are here for you and the rest of the team at uh, Beyond Barriers. And we're assembling uh, quite a team of former extremists uh, right now. And, uh, 
we're here to help. That's what, that's what we do. And, and uh, by talking about these controversial subjects that we're talking about, we're not doing it to make people angry or to try to make things worse or uh, trigger people or set people off. And I, and I realize that there's things that we say that sometimes, you know, especially with the way polarization is right now, it makes people, certain people really upset. Dial it back, man. If you're, it, it, you know, if you are getting, if you, if you're feeling triggered or you're feeling angry, dial it back and put yourself in that other person's shoes. And that's, I mean, one of the things that helped me de-radicalize and get out of the movement was understanding the, the so-called other, un understanding the person or the people that you believe you're fighting against and realizing they're no, really no different. They just have different skin colors or different religions or different ideas in a lot of cases. So let's not be those people. Let's not be the one, uh, you know, that's causing that polarization. Let's be, let's be better and let's, let's keep, uh, keep the mission uh, forward. And anyone that wants to reach out, reach out to us, we're here to help. And if you guys, uh, some, uh, your summaries as well, I'd, I'd really like to hear that. Am I up? Um, go ahead, Jen. Uh, I was just going to say, um, I work with, I obviously work with Jeff um, with Beyond Barriers. I also have Strength Over Evil, um, but my story is more than just coming from the hate. I'm a, a childhood sexual abuse survivor of 13 years. And um, if there are any, if there's anyone out there that, uh, needs to talk that they've been through it and they just need to talk i'm always uh available you can reach me uh, on facebook through my page um you can find me on facebook through jen christ my like personal page um you can and you can just reach me through jeff as well all right uh i guess it's my turn <laughs> <laughs> so again um I'm Ed Schofield, AKA the grumpy old dude. If you go to my YouTube channel and scroll over to the about section, you can find links to my Twitter, Facebook, and um, my Gmail. If you look under the uh, business section for email, you can definitely get in touch with me on there. Anybody looking to leave any kind of hate group, I don't care what it is, I'm always open to talk you can get in touch with me. And I would also like to say that if there's somebody coming out of prison and you're having a hard time coping with, you know, society, get in touch with me. I've been there and done that. You know, I, I spent 12 and a half years behind bars. I know how hard that transition can be. And instead of falling into one of these groups that we've been discussing, please reach out to somebody like me or Jeff before you do that. You know, we can, we could probably help you figure out how to get back on your feet. Maybe me more so because I did that on my own when I got out of prison. So, you know, it's, it's always open. Um, other than that, I have my YouTube channel and my Patreon channel. You can find all those links in my about section again on my YouTube. So I just hope that everybody can kind of try and, latch on to this idea this symbol right here this h that is all colors 
but no colors. We are all one human race. And if we can come together as that, we can make a difference. Thank you so much for being on the program, Ed. Um, uh, it, it's great to have you on here, brother. And, and uh, anybody that's out there listening, you know, please hit like on our channels and on Grumpy Old Dude's channel, on Jen's channel, uh, and subscribe. And if you like the content, um, you know, support us in our efforts and, and what we're doing with uh, Beyond Barriers. And uh, thanks again, uh, everyone, for joining us again tonight.